Hello, this is Mr. Galley from GCSE English Revision Pod with a quick message for you. If you want even more English Revision Pod in your ears, you can now subscribe to our premium service, GCSE English Revision Pod Plus, where for the price of just over £2 a month, on top of all the amazing free episodes, which will continue to be free and there for you to use, you can also get a selection of amazing bonus episodes on things like Macbeth, A Christmas Carol, Romeo and Juliet, and all your favourite topics covered in the depth and detail that you are used to. If you are interested in getting even more GCSE English Revision Pod, all you've got to do is click the link at the top of this episode description, where you can subscribe to GCSE. English Revision Pod Plus. Hello and welcome to GCSE English Revision Pod, last minute pod, one day before the English Literature second paper, right? Yeah, if you study AQA, what a gift of questions on Literature Paper 1. Yeah, a lot of very happy faces. Not on, so easy uh, if you do Alexel Macbeth, though. Uh, commiserations, that was a horrible, really tough question. horrible question. But it does mean grade boundaries for Alexel, I'm sure, will be lower. So yes, it does. It balance itself out. It does, these things do tend to balance themselves, don't they? So today we are, again, we're going to move away from our typical podcast format. We're not going to take you through one question and one essay. Instead, we're just going to give Give you sort of tips and tricks that are very useful to remember going into your exam tomorrow and we're also going to perhaps reference some of the other podcasts we've done that you could go back and listen to to help you with that. Yeah, so I mean to start with obviously, uh, one the big challenge of Literature Paper 2 is it's a bit of a stamina exercise. You've got a lot to answer. Yes, big questions. Four, four, four essays in two hours, 15 minutes. Yes. So my first top tip for all of you dear listeners is you have to be absolutely strict on your timings. Yeah. 45 minutes on your modern text, whether that's an inspector calls, DNA, or whichever other text you study. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes on the poetry. The, uh, the anthology The anthology, comparison. either the power and conflict or the love and relationships. Yeah. And then 40, this is certainly for AQA, then 45 minutes to do two unseen essays yes and actually i think that's one of the biggest tips i don't know if we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit but i think students often and perhaps teachers are guilty of this too we sort of push the unseen aspect of the exam away and you kind of think well it's unseen i'm not sure i can really revise for it but actually those marks available for the two unseen questions are well there's more there's more marks available for section c than there are for section b yeah absolutely and they're actually kind of quite easy to get aren't they you you sort of don't have to do all that much to do quite well in that section so certainly don't don't just leave the unseen section the unseen section is really important loads of marks and also marks that are not that difficult to get and on that note before we kind of zoom into section a my first piece of advice is you know, you need to be constantly looking at your watch. So 45 minutes should not creep up on you out of nowhere. Yeah. You suddenly stop like a sniper got you. You should be thinking, I want 35 minutes, time to start wrapping up my argument. Yes. I want 40 minutes. Okay, I need to get on to my conclusion. 43 minutes, time to do my final sentence. Bang, finish on the dot of 45 minutes. Do not steal a single minute from each section. Mm, agreed. Be advice. Better, better as well that you don't get every single thing you wanted to into the essay but it feels like it's a finished argument that's reached a conclusion than as Mr Forster was saying that you just suddenly stop in the middle of nowhere 
Yeah, when I marched Reiki a couple of years ago, I had a couple of scripts, only two, I think, where someone had apologised to the examiner saying, sorry, I didn't get to finish this. Oh, I was like, don't write that. That's I don't care. Breaking. I was like, instead, spend that extra 30 seconds finishing what you're what you yeah, saying. Yeah, you could have you could have at least written a mini conclusion in that yeah, time. Bless him. It's really sad. Yeah, okay. So that is certainly... So timing, obviously, crucial. So shall we get into technique, yes. question by question? Yeah, so obviously, um, our school studies and inspector calls for Section A, but you might be doing Lord of the Flies, Animal Farm, Never Let Me Go. There's lots of other text choices. So the, the first thing, it sounds a very silly thing, is make sure you find your question yep. on section A. It happens every year, doesn't it, that people answer the wrong question. Don't let that be you. Yeah. And obviously, the thing with Lit Paper 2 is, unlike Lit Paper 1, you have a choice of question on section A. Yes. So the first thing you need to do when you get into the exam is find your questions on your modern text. Um, decide which of them you have a better argument for. So we've banged on about it for the whole podcast, but the first thing you need is a thesis. Mm. What is the writer saying about that theme? Or if it's about a character, what is the writer's trying to say about society through their depiction of that character? Absolutely. And worth considering, I would say, when you see the two questions, so for our students it's an inspector calls, when you see the two questions... Of course, it's completely natural to gravitate towards the one that seems easier. And in a lot of ways, that might be the right decision. But I would caution you because the one that you think of as easier, is that necessarily the one that you're going to write the most interesting arguments about? It might be that you've got more interesting things to say about the the other question, but it'll just be a bit more challenging for you. So don't, don't just jump on... Th- one that seems yeah. seems easy. Think about which of these things can I genuinely construct the most interesting argument around. And, and on that note, also make sure that you're not tricked. So sometimes you'll see a key word in the question like Sheila, and mm. you think, oh, I've done an essay on Sheila. And you just rewrite what you've already written. Yeah. That. But actually there might be a slight nuance on it. It might be about how Sheila changes. Yeah. Or it might be about um, Sheila as an unlikable character. There might be a, a slight twist on the question that will force you to come up with a very specific argument. Absolutely. And that's when uh, the old favourite of under lining keywords yeah. in the question becomes so valuable especially in the example that Mr Forster just given when you've got not only a character but how that character was presented for example I think was it two years ago how is Mrs Burning presented as an unlikable character was the question yeah and then if you'd just gone in and written a standard Mrs Burling essay and not completely explored to what extent she's unlikable you wouldn't have done so well you've got to hit those yeah keywords in those questions so um whatever text you're doing once you've picked your question you start with a thesis so we always talk about an introduction and we've got many many examples on our podcast for spectacles so do go there's five episodes on the spectacles um it's well worth going and listening to them if that is the text that you study mm-hmm. um start off by constructing a thesis your overall argument and i'd like to make priestly at the center of this if you are doing the spectacles make the writer at the heart of this what is the writer saying about this theme or this character that is one of the easier things about in spectacles sorry for people People are doing other texts, but um, you know we've we've covered this a lot. So, and it, it's it's advice that you can transfer when the writer has a clear message. Your introduction and your conclusion become a lot easier, I think, because in in for example, in Romeo and Juliet, it's not so clear why Shakespeare's doing the things he's doing. Perhaps, or it's not as clear as in a play like an Inspector Calls when the didactic Everything message comes is back so clear. To this didactic message, so- yeah. In terms of those uh, Inspectacles listeners, I would definitely go back to our episodes on responsibility. Yeah. Because that's the theme that comes up again and again and again in different guises. Mm-hmm. And actually, even character essays, often you'll, you can use some of those points. Also, our podcast on the inspector yeah. is one that, again, on the old exam board came up again and again and again. So it, it did... It did um, 
And the, pre- the inspector did come in 2017, but that doesn't mean he can't come up again. Because on the old spec, yeah. he came up again. Absolutely, and so many essays you would end up writing about the inspector's final speech anyway. So I think our paragraph on yeah, absolutely things that you know about change and responsibility and any of those aspects, you would want the inspector's final speech. So certainly go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, make sure you've got that AO2 on. You know, there are millions and millions and millions of Eva Smiths and John Smiths and that apocalyptic imagery of fire and blood and anguish. All absolutely. of that stuff. Now make sure as well. We've talked about this in our last last minute pod think about those three topic sentences and then putting them together in your introduction so say you're writing an essay about eric your first point was going to be something about how at the beginning of the play he's presented as quite an immature character yeah but one who still challenges his father in quite interesting ways then you wanted to talk about how his actions towards eva smith were terrible perhaps unforgivable actions and finally you wanted to talk about them his changing nature towards the end of the play then your thesis might explore something like though Priestley presents Eric as an incredibly immature character and one who commits terrible actions Priestley also seems to suggest that he unlike some of the others has the capacity to change straight away you've shaped your argument right the examiner knows where you're going and you've done a lot of the work in the first yeah. sort of five ten minutes and then if you think what, what kind of what does he represent about society he represents people that no matter what you've done there's always the potential within you to change so, yeah um on on that note as well um please don't try to second guess the examiners and only revise things that haven't yet come up yeah. so the poetry <laughs> i mean we'll come on to that in a moment but the poetry last year question was the same as the sample paper yeah so actually that the, the, the example can repeat stuff that was cheeky it was very it? cheeky yeah but in a good way yeah yeah it's nice to keep it was like it's... little cheeky little cheeky trick there yeah you don't want to be able to guess Keeps you want to know toes. everything students so, so um Whatever text you're doing tonight, main characters, main themes, go over them. Think about the main arguments, but above all, make sure you have your AO2 prepared and you've thought a lot about the writer's message. Absolutely. Yes. So, question number two. Yes, yeah, so it's section poetry. B. So, let's not call it question two because there are a lot of questions on this paper. Sorry, I did Let's call it section, section B. B, which is technically actually question um, 25 or question 26. Okay. If we knew how to edit, I could actually go back and change that, but we don't. We're so, we're totally just going to have to. Um, technologically illiterate yeah so whether or not you do power and conflict or love and relationships it is important you know all 15 poems and it's important you have quotations from all 15 yes of course one will be printed in front of you the other one will be from your head and of course we have is it nine episodes we've done on power and conflict where we cover all 15 of the poems in one way or another they are all there on this podcast channel for you word of caution we have done a likely question with each poem what we have not done is the only possible question with each poem yeah so the most important thing is that for all 15 poems you've thought through what are the what kind of questions could you be asked yeah um, about each poem so yes remember Ozymandias is not just about power there are other things going on in the poem mm. about the power of nature or about um, pride uh, pride or about time yeah so there's there's little nuances so what i like to do is for each poem i like to have a flashcard on that I have my ao2 and i also have um around i also have you know the different themes at the top that that it might embody yeah i think storm on the island's a great example of that yeah. because it, it could be used in a question about nature but equally it could be used in a question about human power yeah and politics and then you'd write about it in a completely different way yeah. and, and and on that note I think another thing people 
just think about remembering quotations, but equally as important is remembering your analysis and also your high-level vocabulary. So on every handout from all of our previous podcasts, we have a list of vocabulary that will help you up-level your analysis. Please go and look over some of that vocab tonight. Yes. It can really improve your answer. Because as soon as you're talking about, you know, um, the ambivalence towards society in London, or so, you know, straight away you're presenting a, a more precise argument. Yeah, absolutely. And you will get that. And the more you do that and the more you look for links. See, this is the thing with both poetry and characters and themes, in, as we were talking about a minute ago, the best revision will be when you start seeing all of the connections. You don't want to be analysing 15 different poems in isolation. You want to be analysing the connections and the similarities between those poems. Exactly the same as when you're doing Inspector Calls, you're not revising characters in isolation, you're not revising themes in isolation, you are revising how all of these things intersect and connect with each other. So, quick top tips for section B. Um, You've got, again, so we're 45 minutes into the exam now, you turn over to question um, 25 or 26, depending on um, whether you're doing love and relationships or power and conflict. Mm -hmm. There's no choice of questions, so you quickly look at the poem, and you look at the 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 focus of the question, yep. and you decide very quickly. There's, there's helpfully listed above you which poems you've studied. Yep. Go through and think not which poem do you know the best, <laughs> but which poem connects the best. It's be, it'd be better actually to have a poem you knew less or two about, but you had really sophisticated argument. Yes, because actually, in terms of you know, remember the top level, level six talks about having a conceptualised argument which means you've got throughout your essay a really sharp sense of exactly how are these poems different how are they similar, what are they saying mm. about society and, the, and the, whatever the, the theme of the question is. One more thing to give you very quickly before we move on because I know Mr Forster's got loads of work to do today is that you uh, a great way to start with those poems is in your topic sentence start with something that links them but then say what the differences are. Don't just say that this poem does this and this poem does this completely different thing. Say while both both poems do this, they explore it in these different ways, yeah. or something along those lines. Yeah. The worst comparisons are the ones where they say, um, whilst apples are a fruit, on the other hand, I like Manchester United. It's yeah. Just, <laughs> it's just not a comparison, is it? <laughs> it's a good so, comparison. So what you've got to actually make sure is that you're comparing or contrasting something that can be compared or contrasted. I mean, I love one of those things. <laughs> But, so um, what I would advise you to do tonight is go back over our nine podcasts on power and conflict, use them to help you model what you're doing yes very much so section c section c i would argue this is the most important section of the exam because a large proportion of candidates will not finish it yeah there are two essays to do in section c i would spend half an hour on question Mm 27.1 and 15 minutes on question 27.2 now the nice part about this is and i don't want to jinx tomorrow but typically they don't give you a poem that's that hard they give you a poem with a clear easy to understand yeah. theme running and, through it and do go and listen to our podcasts on the unseens we've done three mm. of them um, they are the ones with the fewest listens to on our are they on, 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 on our, on our ah. website so I, the, what I would say actually that's this very is, hurtful this is an example though of people overlooking 32 easy marks exactly that other people aren't going to get because you know. in those episodes we've told you that the sing- however hard the question is however hard the poem is the question tells you what it's about yeah. the question will say um, you know to a daughter leaving home how does the poet present the speaker's feelings about her daughter we know the poem's about her daughter yeah you, you and know, feelings and feelings <laughs> if in doubt go is it positive or negative have a guess if yeah, you don't understand start it off easy. so yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, and then all you've got to do, Hitley, is engage at a sensitive level with why has the poet used the words they use, the metaphors, mm. the similes, the imagery? Um, why have they structured it as they as they have? And you don't have to write about structure, but here's the thing that I would say. 
Um, you know, I, I, I always say to my students, if you're not sure, you know what the effect is because it's about the speaker's feelings about their daughter, if that's the question. Yeah, yeah. It's about loss. So mm. find something and, and explain what it shows about How that. has the poet created that feeling? Whatever it is that you've identified, fine. How has the poet done that? Yeah. So look at the connotations of words, look at motifs, look at imagery, look at metaphors, look at similes. And, um, and, and, and the truth is, there are wrong answers but there are more than one right answer. So, so don't worry about if you've hit exactly what you think the poet intended. Mm. Just work out, can I justify my argument by what I've just read? Yeah. So don't forget with um, 27.2, um, you then have to do that eight marker comparing two unseen poems. Now again, eight of the easiest marks yeah. in the entire like, Let's remember, syllabus. there's only one assessment objective on this question, that's AO2. So you just have to compare the two poems and pick out a metaphor, a simile, or some kind of language feature that you can analyse and say, why is the writer in poem? So the obvious one mm. to look for is imagery. Metaphors yeah. or similes. How is imagery used in poem one? How is it used in poem two? How is it different? How is it similar? How are they both engaging with the theme of the question in, in different ways? Poem one personifies the weather as a kind of dangerous enemy, whereas poem two describes the weather using imagery suggesting gold and yeah. beauty. Bang. Bang. Few quotations. Marks, thank them. you. Yeah. And, and I... Um, uh, the story I always tell my students they'll be bored of this um, just to finish on I had a student a couple of years ago who had he managed his time really badly he had five minutes to write that 27.2 he wrote two sentences on it Mm. two long complex sentences one on each poem comparing them and he managed to pick up five out of eight and that five out of eight was the difference for him between a grade nine and a grade eight did he get the nine? he got the nine by about one mark so um, my advice would be, however, you know, never give up on this exam, even if you've only, I mean, that would be a terrible timing, so leave yourself five minutes for 27.2, <laughs> and I don't want that to happen, but no. even if you look at the clock and think, I've got five minutes left, what you think is, not what I can't do, think, what can I do? What can you do? I can exactly. make a quick analysis of poem one, a quick bit of analysis from poem two, I can compare them and I can finish. Good. And don't write a little sorry message for the exam. Don't write uh, Unnecessary. Alright guys, best of luck. We will be thinking of you, we will be rooting for you. Please let us, we loved receiving all your tweets and emails when you came out of the last exam. such a nice email um, uh, uh, from an individual called... Maybe not full name. Maybe not full name. Uh, and his dress. No. <laughs> but there was a re- we had some really, we had nice some really lovely emails. Um, anyway. As one person pointed out, we had done a podcast on the exact Jekyll and Hyde question that came up pretty much. Yes. So you never know. You might you get lucky. Know. And please let us know how you got on and all that kind of stuff. And yes, once again, best of luck. 